Morning, folks. Morning, Open Table Church. Welcome. Everyone online as well, welcome. Good to see you. Um, I'm excited. My name's Evan. By the way, if I haven't met you, um, my wife, Ida, and uh, you've probably seen my two little daughters running around, Mallory and Charlotte, and our dog, Togo, is the Aussie that's crazy. Um, I'm Wes's brother. So we live up in Vacaville, and uh, we've been coming into Open Table Church for uh, probably pretty much since it started. Um, some of the inaugural test members. So, but um, yeah, I, I get to share with you this morning, Palm Sunday, and I'm really excited to do that. Um, yeah, today's Palm Sunday. So happy Palm Sunday. Um, if, if you don't know what Palm Sunday is, or don't, no worries. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to start out this morning um, with a little exercise. So you got to kind of, you know, stretch a little bit and use your brain and think. And uh, so kind of wake up. Um, so the little, little, little exercise, we're going to take a few moments and um, we're going to think. And um, I want you to think about, try to sum up, boil down, condense in maybe one word, or a short phrase or a verse that comes to mind, what you think Jesus was all about. What was his, the essence of Jesus and, and what he was about? All right, I'll give you a few moments. Just kind of ponder that, all right? And then we'll, come, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it, all right? So what are, you guys, what are you guys thinking about? Anyone gutsy, you want to shout it out? What do you guys think? What was Jesus all about? Yep. Righteousness. Righteousness. Good. That's good. Yeah. Save the world from sin. Save the world from sin. Yeah. That, yep. Reconciliation. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven on earth. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. All good. Anyone? Anything else? Anyone's pondering? Truth. Truth. Yeah. Um, and love. Yeah. Yep. All good stuff. Sorry. What was that? And life. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Right. A lot. Um, I think this is really, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great thing to think about. You know, um, and for, for me, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, it reveals a lot, I think, about how um, we've understood Jesus and maybe also misunderstood Jesus. Um, and, and also a lot about, I think, who we are and, and really how he resonates with us and, and what we, what we kind of need from him and what he speaks to us. So... Um, a few a few months back, Ida and I we were driving actually driving home from church. We live in Vacaville, so it's actually great because we have a little bit of time on the road and we're thinking about what was on our hearts, you know. And we were talking about we were talking about what um, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? You know, we use that word. It's kind of um, the gospel means the good news. That's what it means. Good news. It's a cool Latin uh, Greek word is euangelion, which is where we get evangelism from and evangelical. So that's, that's the Greek word for the gospel. But anyway, the good news, the gospel, is this, this core thing that we talk about that Jesus shared, and it means the good news. So we were talking about what is the good news? What, what really is that? What's the core of that? And um, um, I have a verse I'm going I'm to read 
kind of help us to kind of home in on what the good news is, this core thing that Jesus was about. This is from Mark chapter 1. So this is really early in Jesus' ministry. And um, um, so John the Baptist had been put in prison. And um, Jesus, um, he, it says, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. So there it is, the good news, the gospel, right? So he was proclaiming the good news of God. What is he going to, what's the good news that he's going to share? And he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news or, or the gospel. So that, that's it. That's it. Jesus is, Jesus is saying the good news, the gospel is, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. That's it. Repent and believe. Repent means turn around and embrace this thing that he's telling you about. So Jesus, as a condensed thing, at the start of his ministry, the, the big thing he wanted to tell us in his life, and if you think about his ministry, right, there's all these other stories he tells. He says, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. I don't know if you've ever wondered about that. Why is he talking about that so much? What is that? Why does he care about that? But that apparently is Jesus' core thing, is, hey, turn around, change your life, embrace this news, good news, that the kingdom of God is at hand. So, awesome. That's what he's all about. But what, what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean, you know? I think we probably wonder a lot about what that means. So, really quick. Um, before I, you know, just keep leading on into, minister, into mystery about this whole thing. Um, the kingdom of God, real simply, is anywhere where God reigns. Pretty simple, right? Anywhere where God rules. Um, kind of a caveat I want to say is that um, it's anywhere where Yahweh reigns. So what's, what's that? Is that, is, that, is that weird? Yahweh? What's, who's Yah Yahweh is the name of God in the Bible. He actually has a name. That's his name, Yahweh. I think a lot of times we, like, we say God. God's like kind of a category. You know, It's not really a name, but we use it like a name. But I think it's cool. He has a name. His, his name is Yahweh. So when we say the kingdom of God is anywhere where Yahweh reigns. Yahweh means he is. He's the one who is. It's awesome, you know? So, kingdom of God. Jesus was all about the kingdom of God. Um, and the kingdom of God is anywhere where Yahweh, or God, reigns. Um, the creator God reigns. The promise-keeping God. Um, that's the kingdom of God. Um, I think more crucially... And that's what we're going to kind of get, get at this morning is the kingdom of God is anyone, anyone in whom God reigns. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what we're going to kind of get at this morning is, is how can we be the territory of the kingdom of God? How can we be citizens of the kingdom of God in our lives, in our hearts? Um, and we're kind of like tagging this on to the, the resilient disciple series that we've been doing. Um, so this morning we're going to be talking about how resilient disciples of Jesus are citizens of the kingdom. All right? Um, 
And we're going to try to do that. To, to top that off, we're going to try to do that by looking at one of the Palm Sunday accounts, um, the one in Luke 19. Um, and uh, we're going to, um, and what this kingdom of God that we're talking about, what that's, what's, that, what's that all about, the kingdom of God? Um, we're going to try to see what that's like and um, see why that matters to us April 10th, 2022 in the park, all right? Um, so let's start out. We're going to um, read Luke um, chapter 19, verse 28 to 46, um, and then we'll focus in on um, just a few points and we'll kind of some nuggets we'll pull out of it and see what we can learn about Jesus as king and his kingdom and how we can be part of it, all right? So let's read. Luke 19, verse 28. This is going to be about, the, about Palm Sunday. So, um, so after Jesus had said this, by the way, he was talking about the kingdom, not surprising, um, in the previous little section. Um, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. It was awesome. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead saying to them go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it you'll find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here if anyone asks you why are you untying it say the Lord needs it those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them as they were untying the colt its owners asked them why are you untying the colt and they replied the Lord needs it they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Um, when he came near the place where the road goes down, so it goes down out off the Mount of Olives to Kidron Valley and then back up to the city of Jerusalem, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. That's kind of interesting. They praised him for the miracles they had seen. We'll get to that later. Blessed, and they said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king. The king. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And then there's another section we'll just kind of follow with is when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer. And in other uh, accounts it says, my house will be a house of prayer for the nations. For the nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. Kind of a heavy, it's, there's some heavy stuff, heavy stuff in that passage. Um, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, so there it is. That's one of the Palm Sunday accounts. Uh, I say one of because there's actually an account of this event in each of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, 
is free is really significant, um, and they all so they all they all covered it. Um, Jesus is coming in as the King. Remember, I was like hitting on kingdom. He's coming in as the King. Um, it, it's just side note. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it, the account in Mark records that uh, the people carried and laid palm fronds. So they went and got palm fronds from the fields nearby and held them, or some of them put them down on the road for him to ride over. And, and that was a traditional symbol of, um, for royalty and, and this kind of royal entry. So that's, why, so that's why we call it Palm Sunday. So in Luke, it doesn't say anything about the palm fronds. So in Mark, it does. So there you go. Um, but yeah, so if you're wondering, that's why it's called Palm Sunday. Um, but this is a really this significant passage. There's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot of stuff, undercurrent stuff going on. Um, but what I like to do is, hey, let's keep our focus on Jesus and uh, see what we can find there. Um, so let's start out with kind of, uh, you know, first kind of part one is what kind of king is Jesus? So Jesus is coming in. He's the king. What kind of king is he? So the first thing that really, you know, kind of leaps off, you know, from the account right out of the gate is, so it says that he went up to Jerusalem ahead of them. I've never been to Israel. Probably some of you folks have. Um, but he was teaching in Jericho right before this. He walks, there's a long walk, long walk up, up from Jericho. I think it's like from below sea level to up to the mountains. And it's hot and dusty. So he walks, he walks that. Um, and then, next it says that he's not riding in a coach. I mean, obviously he's walking, but you know, he's not in a coach. You know, he doesn't have a chariot or a war horse type king. He walks. And then when he gets there, he's going to, okay, he's going to ride something into Jerusalem. And he has his disciples go get this. Not, it's not a baby. Not a baby donkey. It's a young donkey. That would be cruel. <laughs> That'd be cruel. Sorry, we were talking about that. But it was a young, young donkey. Because a young, I mean, a donkey, a young donkey, you know, and they get this, and, and it's where he rides in. So, I mean, those two things, right, I love, screams from the page, Jesus, the great king, right, the one that's going to restore creation, full of new life for us and for every, everything, is coming into his kingship humble, you know? Um, love it. People who are humble tend to pay attention to other people, I think. They care about and value other people. They are other-centered, you know? Having a king who is humble means to me that this king is going to care about other people. He's going to care about the people in his kingdom, you know? That's the kind of king Jesus is. He's humble. Love it. Side note, this is also a prophecy that, he's, that the deal, the fact that he's riding this, this, this foal of the donkey in is he's also a, a fulfilling a prophecy. So there's a lot going on here. You know, um, in, in Zechariah, if you want to look it up, Zechariah 9.9 says that, See, your king comes riding on a donkey, on the foal of a donkey. Um, but he's humble. Jesus is humble. Um, the next thing that really um, kind of stands out to me, and this, this is a bit under the surface, so let me just bear with me. I'll try to explain some stuff. But um, understand that Yahweh, 
the God of the Bible, he wants, he loves everybody. He loves all the nations. He wants to reach out to every person, you know. And his vision was that Israel and Jerusalem, the center of Israel, would be a light to the nations to, so that they could encounter and, and enter into this kingdom that Yahweh wants to have with a partnership that Yahweh, the, the God of the Bible, wants to have with people. So Israel was to be a light to the nations. Remember how earlier I said that when Jesus got upset, and we'll kind of talk about it in a moment, that, that they were selling in the temple courts, that it was supposed to be a house of prayer for the nations. You know, So there's just this, Israel has not been doing that. Yahweh was not their king, so to speak. They were relying on their, their own strength, their own military strength. They were looking for ways to be free and, and to be blessed on their own. And so, um, Jesus, so Jesus has this long quote you know, where he talks about he sees Jerusalem and how Jerusalem is going to be basically torn down and he weeps over Jerusalem. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's like it's because he sees that they've been un, un, you know, they haven't been obedient to God. And so God, in his justice, is going to take action against that disobedience and because of the consequences it has on other people, okay? And then, in addition to that, um, the, the fact that I think a lot of times when we look at, um, I feel like, you know, it's a good thing to go, this passage, go get a cup of coffee and ponder this, I don't know, it's a tough one, is Jesus goes into the temple and he drives out the sellers there. Um, I think Jesus' words, they make it plain enough. This was supposed to be a place where people can come to get right and get healed. Where the kingdom of God can reside and be accessed for the blessing of all. Instead, it had become twisted into another place where people were being taken advantage of. You know? I love the balance with Jesus when he's merciful and gracious, but when necessary, he takes strong action especially on behalf of those who cannot or dare not do it themselves, you know? Sometimes this action can, t can, make, it, it can make us a bit uncomfortable, you know? Um, but I guess, what kind of God would Yahweh be? And what kind of king would Jesus be if he allowed such injustice to continue, you know? If the, I feel like if the king of the kingdom can't tolerate injustice and take strong action to correct it, we, the citizens of the kingdom, should also do the same thing. You know? Um, I was thinking this week, uh, this really reminds me of, uh, well, Emily, Emily Hauk, Emily Hauk. She used to go here to OTC. Now Emily Kennedy, um, she's seeing worship leading, and um, they, she sent, since moved to Colorado, um, so maybe some of you remember her, but um, she did her senior project in college on developing a new type of facial recognition software that helps law enforcement across the country locate people who are victims of human trafficking. Awesome, right? It's awesome. She's using her gifts and her vision to take like I was just talking about, to take strong action for justice. Um, 
That's kingdom stuff, you know? That's kingdom stuff. Um, and then the last thing I noticed about Jesus as king, and I kind of already mentioned it, but I think we all can super relate with this, is even as he's, as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem as king, and he sees this injustice, and he's going, he knows he's going to go clear the temple out, and, and there's all of this disobedience and, and, and you know, hostility toward him, it says that Jesus wept for Jerusalem. I just, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's powerful. Um, the gospel accounts mention a number of times when Jesus weeps. Um, another one is when, uh, with Lazarus. Um, I think Wes, they, t- they talked about that, which I, I love it. Um, I think this is really central to the kingdom of God. We're talking about what is the kingdom of God like? The king of our kingdom, even when he sees guilty injustice, he weeps over the consequences of it. Um, he's compassionate. Um, I love it. Um, I, was, I was thinking about, I was feeling how, you know, for me, a lot of times, all I really need from Jesus is to know, really, just generally, all I need to know is that someone cares about me. You know, I think we can all relate with that. Um, I, you know, I need to know that Jesus cares. And I feel like, um, to feel like my hurt or my fear or my failure is known and is understood by him, you know. I think one of the most captivating qualities of Jesus for me is that his response to me always tends to start with compassion, you know. Um, he wept with folks, plain and simple. Um, one of the defining, it's interesting, one of the defining qualities I've read of Christians in, in, our, in the early church, the early kingdom of God in our world, um, is that Christians w- wept with people who mourned, and they rejoiced with people who rejoiced. That was just this defining quality of them, and people loved it, and it was just, and it was authentic, that's how Jesus was, and that's how we should be. And um, I just love it. That's kingdom stuff. Um, so we, we looked at these verses. Um, these are some foundational traits of, of Jesus as king. Um, even, I mean, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm, there's a lot going on in this passage, I'm, I'm, but we, we can pull these nuggets out and see how Jesus was, you know? Um, so what kind of kingdom are we talking about here? You know, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, sometimes you hear people talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's like up in the clouds. I, what are we talking about? So let's, let's, um, earlier I mentioned, you know, how the core, that's the core message of Jesus' ministry was, was turn around, repent, turn around. And hey, the kingdom of God is, is or heaven, the kingdom of God is, is near, it's at hand. It's, it's available to you. He's inviting you in to this kingdom. Um, it's funny, last week, I was, I was talking to Charlotte, my youngest daughter, and I was like, I just kind of was like, it was like a little, 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 quit, you know, a little, little test. And I was like, hey, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think that the kingdom of God is like? And she's eight. And so she's like, I think it's loving and beautiful. I'm like, 
Nice. Love it. You know, I think the other thing, and I asked her too, I was like, what do you imagine when you think about the kingdom of God? And she, she was all, it's like Eden. I was like, she's been watching some, you know, Bible project videos, <laughs> you know, which is, that's rad, you know. Um, plug there, by the way. Bible project videos, podcast, check it out. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think she's far off. Um, so, yeah. Early in Jesus' ministry, um, I'm going to kind of circle back to John the Baptist for a second. Um, so John the Baptist was kind of a, a prophet, led the way for Jesus, and then he got arrested. He was in prison. And I think he started kind of being like second, second thoughts, like, is Jesus the Messiah? And so he sent some of his servants to go ask Jesus, are you the one or should there be, is there someone else? And so Jesus replies to, to these servants of John, and, and Jesus says, and I love this, I love it. We're going to spend some time on this just for a bit. He says, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, that's the gospel, that's what that is, the good news, the gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed to the poor. Interesting, right? That's, that's Matthew 11, 4 and 5. Um, I love this, this response from Jesus um, because I think it helps us to explain to us what the kingdom of God is like, you know, um, today for us. What's it like? So let's look at a few things that just kind of stand out, stand out from this little passage I just read. So the first thing that just kind of leaps out and I think is awesome is um, there's so much physical stuff that Jesus mentions right out of the gate. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, people with leprosy are cleansed. That's what's going on in proximity to Jesus is he doesn't, you know, like he's not, I love how Jesus, he's not this like philosophical religious guy with a bunch of hypotheticals. These people come to him because they can't walk. He doesn't say, oh, you know, let me share with you. He, he heals them. They can walk. You know, they can, they can see, they can hear, you know. Um, a great example, in Matthew 8, there's this account of this, this man with leprosy who comes to Jesus and says, I, lo- I love this, love it. Jesus comes, uh, this man comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So the guy has leprosy. We don't, not a lot of people have leprosy anymore, fortunately. But leprosy is this horrible skin infection that's very contagious. And it not only was horrible, obviously, to have that illness, but because it was so contagious, the only answer was, you need to leave town. You need to go out somewhere, and people don't want to be close to you. Touch, they don't even want to touch you because they're afraid they're going to get sick. And so this guy had leprosy, and he comes to Jesus. I love it. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I love Jesus' response. He says, he reaches out and touches the guy, which is right out of the gate. You know, he doesn't say, you know, he touches the guy with leprosy, which in and of itself is an incredible act of love and and self-sacrifice, you know. 
And then he says, I am willing to be clean. And the guy, was, the guy was clean of his leprosy. So, awesome. He cares about our physical needs today. And he, he met people's physical needs then. He, wa- he wants to meet them today. Believe it. Second, second thing that really leaps out of this, this passage, it says the dead were raised. Um, I love how um, this is, whew, you know, uh, the dead were raised. Man, you know, Jesus raised people from the dead. Lazarus, I mentioned that earlier. There's a couple of kids um, that he raised. You know, his parents obviously were distraught, and he, he brought those kids back to life. Um, I don't know what to say about that, but apparently Jesus has power over death, obviously, and so, amen, you know? Um, the thing that really hits me with it, I guess what we can say for sure is where Jesus is, where the kingdom of God is, there is new life. There's new life there, you know? Um, he can bring new life to our bodies. He, can bring, he brings new life to a lot of dead hearts, a lot of dead relationships, too, you know? Um, Jesus is at war with death. In his kingdom, there's life. He wants to bring life, wants to restore life. Um, and um, that's what's going on in the kingdom of God. So, so, so far, we're talking about the kingdom of God, what's going on there. We've got physical needs are met, and there's new life there um, for folks. Um, and then the last thing in the passage is from Matthew. It says that the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, the euangelion, um, is preached to the poor. Interesting, right? Interesting. Preached to the poor. Um, I love Yahweh um, and Jesus have a heart for the plight of the vulnerable and the oppressed. Um, Notice how Jesus mentions that the the gospel of the kingdom is shared specifically with the poor. Um, In the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, those who are vulnerable find out, they find out that they can be part of God's plan and vision for the world and for their lives. Um, Also, side note, Jesus is quote, this is a prophecy also that Jesus is quoting here. This whole passage about what goes on, what's going on. Jesus' response to John, this is his response to John the Baptist. He's saying, don't worry, I am the one that you expected because he's quoting Isaiah 35.5, which says all this stuff would happen when the Messiah comes, when the one that they're waiting for would come. So, it's, again, I love it. Like, there's great nuggets there we can take. There's new life. He meets physical needs. The, the kingdom of God, he wants to invite the vulnerable in. But also, hey, Jesus is the one. He's the king, you know? So he's saying two things. I love it. Okay, part three. What does this mean for us today? Part three. How can we be part of God's kingdom, the kingdom of God? How can we be part of it? Jesus is king. This is the type of kingdom he, you know, he leads. It's awesome. How can we be part of it? So step one, and this is, this is, a, this is a, a, just a good thing to just ask yourself. Step one, is Jesus your king? Is Jesus your king? Um, I feel like this is really the question, the question. 
Um, it's been a really compelling question for me lately. I've just been kind of just letting that kind of echo around in my head. I love the God I encounter in the Bible. I love the way Jesus is and the things he says and does. I want to see him do that stuff in my world. To restore lives, to heal folks and their relationships. The thing is, that stuff happens in and through people's lives where Jesus is king. Where he calls the shots in their lives. That's where that stuff happens. There's a powerful um, relational aspect to it too. God wants to partner with us. I want, I want to participate in the good news, the good goodness of Jesus' kingdom. And for that to happen, I need to choose to let him be king of my life and my choices and my relationships and how I act at work and how I am as a parent, on and on and on, as a neighbor, in my, in my neighborhood, on and on as it goes, you know? So that's step one. If we want to be part of God's kingdom, his good kingdom, today, April 10th, 2022, in the park, Jesus needs to be our king. So, something to ask. Is he your king? Step two. Step two of, of, of the takeaways is, is he really your king today? I'm being a little snarky. Is he really your king? You know, um, maybe some folks have never encountered that question, the first one yet. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you've never invited him in to be your king. Huge step. Let's do that. And um, talk to anybody about that. Talk to me afterward. Wayne, get prayer. Someone you came with. Invite him in to be your king. But if you have already, is he really your king today? Um, are you keeping every area of your life under his good rule and reign? Something to think about. Um, Like we were talking about earlier, the kingdom of God isn't some theoretical, super spiritual thing confined to heaven, up in the clouds. It's a practical moment-by-moment -moment reality. It's made real by Jesus working through the lives and choices of people who let him be their king. Start small. Start small with this. You know, Where you're at, I encourage you. Is Jesus king of your, of your marriage? or other relationships that you might have? How, how about at work or as a parent? Do you feel like he's king of your finances? That's a, oof, that's a, that's a, that's one right there. Or your book or movie choices. Another thing uh, too, um, about letting Jesus be king and realizing his kingdom in your life, I think, is trusting Jesus and accepting what he says about who you are about your personality, your strengths, and your weaknesses, even your self-image. So that's step two. Is he really your king? Something to ponder. A cup of tea and a cup of coffee. Go for a walk. Think about it. I'm just kind of have kind of on repeat as you go through your day. Is In this situation, am I letting Jesus be my king? Um, and that brings me to step three. So step one, is he your king? Step two, is he really your king? Step three, hey, we're just going to do what he did. We're going to do what he does, what he's doing today. Let's get excited. Let's have vision for what he's doing. And, and, and um, 
about partnering with him to be part of his kingdom today. Um, I just want to reiterate right out of the gate, there's a lot of awesome things that we can do, but all that same stuff, our marriages, our relationships at work, man, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road and where we can start being, letting him be king and being part of his kingdom as it spreads out in the world. Um, I was thinking about um, just a quick example is we live in Vacaville. We have, uh, before we bought our house, we had um, the folks that lived in our house and our neighbors, next door neighbors, they wanted to have some like access, RV access to their backyard, backyards. And there wasn't enough room, so they tore the fence down between our houses and paved both of our side yards. And so we have a little trailer, and so it gives us RV, some RV access to our backyard, which is awesome, right? And we obviously knew that when we bought the house. But it's funny because there's no fence between our houses, and we share that property, you know? And recently, the house next door went up for sale. And I was just stressing about who's going to buy the house, and how is this going to go, and is, I mean... You know, are they gonna, it's going to get blocked, and are we going to still be able to use it? And the girls love to ride their bikes there, and, you know, sidewalk chalk in there, and it's like this nice little area. And it's funny because in America, we all have fences so that we don't have to get along with each other, you know? And then it's like, oh, we don't have a fence here, so now maybe I've got to actually, you know, encounter our neighbors and get along with them, you know? And it was awesome because I was preparing for this message, this sharing, and I just thinking, man, this is, you know, instead of being like, oh, man, this is going to be this challenge, and ah, maybe it's going to be an opportunity for the kingdom, you know, for me to, for us to be Christ-like for, with our neighbors and get to know them better and work through stuff with them, even if it is funny. And, yeah, and I don't know how that's going to go. That's the end of the story. <laughs> but, you know, there's all these types of things in our lives. That's a great... So, that's my... my uh, little real life example but I just encourage you like your thought life is huge too you know Jesus said it's not what you put in your mouth you know that that makes you unclean it's what comes out of your mouth it's what's going on in here that that's that's where the kingdom starts you know so think about it you know your your thoughts your, are they envious are they angry are they lustful are they selfish um, that's where it starts you know is Jesus my king right now and what's going on in my head you know, um, bigger than that, I know I'm, I'm running, yeah, running low on time, but I just want to just want to plug, just want to plug a couple things. Um, get a vision for joining in the kingdom work beyond Walnut Creek, you know, beyond this park, beyond your life. And there's lots of awesome ways to do it. Um, OTC, you know, a great one here locally. OTC works um, partners with Trinity Center monthly. You can go help. Um, you know, help serve the homeless in our community. Great way to, to see the kingdom at work. Um, Compassion International is an awesome one. Um, the church supports some, some children through Compassion International. It's something you can also do yourself if you, if you haven't ever heard of it. Compassion's awesome. It's like 37 bucks a month, and it's like life-changing for kids all over the world. Life-changing, family-changing, community change. you know, kingdom stuff, you know? Encourage it. Samaritan's Purse, awesome organization. Um, meet people in need that are in crisis areas all, the, all over the world. We do operations uh, involved with it. And it's like 
it's like an illustration of the kingdom going out and, and, and meeting people in where they need it. Um, and the last one, um, Eden and I have been kind of researching a, another charity is World Orphans, which is an awesome Christian organization. It's in like nine different countries. They partner with local churches to um, help families that are at risk so that kids don't end up in orphanages. It's an awesome thing. So just some things to think about. I think they're up there, so you can Google them, um, see, what, see what you want to get involved with. So anyway, wrapping up, is Jesus your king? Is he really your king? Um, let's get fired up and excited and, and, and about being partnering with God, partnering with Yahweh um, to spread the good news of the kingdom. I'll just leave you with um, a verse I love, something to memorize. Micah 6, 8. Micah 6, 8, awesome verse, and it says, um, He's shown you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. An awesome one. So, um, yeah, love it. Um, let's pray. King Jesus, um, thank you, man, uh, to us get to partner with you um, today in April here in Walnut Creek. Um, what do you want to do today, Jesus? Um, we love you. Um, I just, uh, you know, folks, I just pray for folks that maybe are like, you know, I don't know if Jesus is my king. King Jesus? Um, um, just ask that you would be just working in, in, in all of our hearts, in their hearts, um, you know, drawing, drawing folks. Um, we, we got prayer up here, um, you know, during this last song, please, you know, if, that's, if, if God's knocking on the door of your heart, come on up. Don't be, don't be afraid. Um, but yeah, I just pray for us, Jesus. I just ask that uh, you would just be causing that, that message, your, your, your lordship, your kingship to be echoing in our, in our minds this week um, as we go and, and as we just look to Easter and see you um, made king on the cross, made king on the cross for us so that we could be part of that kind of kingdom um, that, that sacrifices for others, that goes for the one, leaves the 99. So we love you, Jesus. Um, you're strong, and uh, we worship you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>